There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petum here. As always, and of course, we're here to talk all things Aston Villa Football Club with a, I guess, a bit of a a mixed episode. Of course, we're a a day later than usual, so everyone's probably hearing this on the Thursday or Friday. So um, happy pre-United match on Sunday, I guess you could say to this. But we'll discuss the the Fulham win, of course, that happened a couple days ago. And of course, like I just said, we'll also discuss United on Sunday and basically just go over how amazing Unai Emery and how mint Aston Villa have been as of late up to fifth in the table, which is even crazier to say things are going our way. As of time of recording, Brighton have lost to Forest. Uh, Spurs still have to uh, play tomorrow, of course, so we'll have to wait and see how that one goes against United. Who knows? Maybe things will go even further our way and You never know, the European dream could actually come alive sooner than we think, given other teams' forms. But nonetheless, it's not just me here on this fine evening, Um, I I guess, well, afternoon, evening for me and Tom, and late evening for Simon. So, Simon, I'll come to you. How's it going for you? It's going very well. Uh, Another bit of of game and another positive bit of results. It's um, it's just just becoming regular now, isn't it? Um, Yeah, nice. Yeah, very happy with that win last night and sort of as you just touched on there with Brighton losing, Tottenham being the mess they're in at the moment with a tough game tomorrow. It's um, starting to look like it's going to happen, isn't it? I mean, dare to dream, dare to do. That's all I can say. I think that sounded a little spursy, so maybe we do not want to kind of go down that route. But Tom, how's it going for you, my friend? Yeah, pretty good. It's just, it's a novelty, isn't it? To be having the calculators out and working out uh points tallies and games in hand and that kind of stuff and it not be it not be us doing it with the fear of falling through the trap door into the abyss first time in a while that we've been sort of counting points hopefully rather than desperately um but honestly i think cole you and i said this last time we were on i think don't mean to sound too complacent but as simon says this happens when you keep winning um i firmly believe that villa are now pretty much it's, it's set in stone that villa are a top eight team this year. Uh, I think the gap with between us and Brentford in ninth is seven points, I think, with five games, five games to go. Um, there's no way. The four surely, I know we've got tough games coming up, but there's no way I can see us dropping that many points to allow for a, a swing there. So it's a straight sort of shootout, isn't it? We were talking beforehand about how we might we might only be a few points off United, but they've got enough games in hand that I do not think we should be uh, getting getting too far ahead of ourselves and kidding ourselves that there's a chance that we can finish top four. That's crazy town. But it's a, a straight shootout now between us, Spurs, Liverpool, Brighton. We've got to play all of them. Spurs have got to play United and Liverpool. Brighton have got to play a fair few of them as well. I think it's sort of, it's amazing um, that it's ended up this way where it's all so close and we all, all, all these teams are playing each other. And honestly, to be part of that 
I still find very novel and thrilling rather than stressful in the way that obviously it would be stressful if we were at the other end of the table. So, um, you know, long may it continue. And as far as I'm concerned, bring it on. It's a challenge that I feel Villa can rise to. And I'm looking forward to seeing just how well we equip ourselves, to be honest, over this five game run in. Absolutely well said, Tom, of course, like we've been kind of um, gushing all about, of course, Villa, like I said, are up to fifth, 16 wins, six draws, 11 losses on the season, uh, 54 points. And the thing I love to go on about the most is the goal differential. It's nice to see a positive one plus five, Um, really at time of recording. Of course, Liverpool have a game in hand still. They're on 53 Spurs also as well. They play on Thursday when everyone's hearing this. So who knows what goes on there? Uh, maybe they lose that game in hand and it gives us more control there. They're also on 53 points, I should say. And of course, Brighton still have, uh, I think, what, yeah, three uh, games in hand. They lost, of course, to Forest 3-1. They're on 49. Um, so they're five points behind. But like Thomas said there, and Simon's kind of referenced as well, I I just can't see Villa faltering that much. And I mean, let's, let's put a little bit of... Um, I guess, fingers crossed momentum into that, not jinxing ourselves saying that, but uh, regardless, I think we're in the top eight and that's all that really matters in my mind because just it's been one hell of a turnaround. We've said it a million times, but the fact when you Google the Premier League table and you see the little kind of blue line on the left for the top four teams to signify the Champions League and then the lone little orange tick, it's next to Villa, and you know what? You just have to dream. And I don't know, Tom, at what point do we become snobs about this and just think this is an expected thing? Because you know what? Some people might find us to be a little bit delusional after a while because we don't shut up about it. But you know what? It's about time. So we deserve to do it, don't we? It's very difficult to not. It is difficult to not get carried away, really. Like given where Villa have been in recent years and the fact not even recent years, like months ago. I was having a look and, uh, you know, we were 17th with nine points from 11 games this season. Since I think uh, Unai's got us, I think now it's, we're at 42 points from 20 games under Emery, I think. And so like, I could understand if people were, people were, you know, somehow caught Villa fans talking and heard about us talking about Europe and that sort of stuff. Because until probably genuinely about three weeks ago, maybe even less, um, we'd have been laughed out of it by any non-Villa fans because I don't know about you, but I feel like there's been virtually zero coverage of the story that is unfolding at Villa this season. We are, you know, now, honestly, now that now that City are probably going to win the league instead of Arsenal, I would go as far as to say that Villa are the story of this Premier League season. Um, to To launch the kind of turnaround that we have and to be, I, I saw actually just before we came on, Opta, you know, Opta do their predictions and their statistical analysis or whatever. So only stats doesn't necessarily mean anything, but they have us at now over 50%. So more likely than not to finish top seven. Um, and therefore Europe, I think, unless some crazy stuff happens in the cups, I don't know. Is there a chance that seventh still can't be a European spot? No, I think it's nailed on. No, I don't yeah. think so. Um, so to be at a point now where we're more we're more likely than not to be in Europe next year is um, a very strange feeling and kind of unsettling. I'm sure you guys will agree um, after so many years, but it's also, I feel like it's also kind of vindicating as a Villa fan because we've been going on for weeks and months about how we punched kind of above our weight with Unai Emery and how 
he is a manager. Like we are a sleeping giant and we are waiting for the right person to come in and reawaken us. And that potential is there. And so it's kind of, um, it's quite vindicating and I guess reassuring to see the the evidence of that in front of our eyes so soon, uh, which is what I mean at the start really about the fact this run-in battle, kind of whatever happens now, I'm here to enjoy the ride really because this watching Villa and watching this level of performance from Villa is something that none of us have realistically known in 13 years or so, you know. Absolutely. And Simon, of course, we've uh, broken our own record, of course. Now Villa have scored 20 goals in Unai Emery's first 20 Premier League games, which, of course, like I said, is a Premier League record. It's never happened before. I'm sure hopefully we'll break it against United on Sunday. But the fact that Villa as a whole are keeping clean sheets at one end and contributing at the other end, whether it's just a goal, a game, whatever, we're still getting results. You do see maybe one or two little bits of the fan base that throw a little bit of negativity still when they think we should win every game 3-0 that we're having a little bit of success. But realistically, when you look at this, I mean, it's Villa winning, is it? Like, isn't it? Who really cares at the end of the day? As long as we're getting those results, as long as we're improving, we're finally starting to see this team, this squad reach its potential, aren't we? Uh, absolutely. I mean, the, the run that we've been on, yeah, it's funny. It was it after the game? Uh, the few of us who were in the pub after the game yesterday, and it completely bypassed me that that was five home wins in a row that we had. And then I realised that not only was it five home wins in a row, but we haven't conceded the goal in those five games at home either. And then you start thinking a bit more on a cake. Wait, it's ten unbeaten with eight wins, two draws, and only three goals conceded. Like the. I, I think the, the the stat about scoring in every game is obviously brilliant, but I, I don't think it can it should be uh, underestimated how impressive that defensive record has become. Because that to do that in the Premier League that is not easy. I mean, when you when you look at you know the, the top teams like Man City tend to concede goals in most of their games, even though they they go in their batteries, they still do concede goals. Arsenal have defensively the second half of the season has been horrific so Tony concedes three goals in ten Premier League games he'll have five clean sheets in a row at home that's incredible and like I agree with Tom when, when you say that there's just been so little coverage about the the story that's unfolding like that, it's, it's an incredible run of form and funny enough before the Newcastle um, Tottenham game on the weekend I'd like turn the TV on just as the coverage was starting, and they were doing, you know, showing all these like clips and the graphics, and it was the race for the top four, and they showed Manu, Newcastle, Tottenham, Brighton, Liverpool, and I was like, well, we are above two of those teams now. I mean, not that I think we are going to finish the top four, but that's just like completely, it just typifies just the lack of coverage uh, and understanding of of what's going on at Villa, and you know, obviously. The the ten game the ten wins in a row that we had in the championship was amazing and that was incredibly impressive. I think this ten game run that we're on at the moment is so much more impressive because, as I say, the the jump up between the championship and the Premier League is incredible, and it's the amount of clean sheets like that. That is it's unbelievable, and you know if. If Tyro Mings is not in that next England squad, he's never going to play for England again because he's been at the heart of this run. And yeah, you're right. It's, 
it's the potential is finally being realised. I mean, I I've said a few times on this podcast. Right at the start of the season, I thought we had a, a, a group of players that was more than capable of of finishing in the top eight and challenging for top eight. So you add the uh, manager that of the elite level that Emery's at to an already good group of footballers, and just look at what's happening. It's it's amazing. 100% Simon. And the one thing I do love seeing on social media, I mean, it drives me nuts, but it does amuse me because it's not going to happen is when you when you see uh, interview clips of, from like BT Sport, wherever of Unai Emery, and it's like filled with like, for example, Chelsea fans. Oh, can't wait to have him in our dugout next season. Things like that. Apparently Villa can't have nice things for longer than a season will be picked apart and all that kind of stuff. But realistically, I mean, when we look at the projection from really where we were in the championship, that run in being able to stay in the Premier League, being able to be a stable club in the Premier League. I mean, we always thought this was going to be the season to take that next step. And then of course, X, Y, and Z giant shitstorm happened and we thought it wasn't going to happen. Um, and arguably the man that should have been in charge was is now in charge before when Gerard shouldn't have been in charge. Regardless, we don't have to get into, into that name ever again, hopefully, but when you kind of sit back and look at it, especially in a grander scheme, and you look at the Fulham game, for example, I mean, yes, it wasn't the most entertaining game. Villa weren't at their best. And I was talking to Tom last night on WhatsApp, kind of almost putting up the question of, is there a little bit of, I don't want to say tired legs, or it's basically been, I guess, a quick succession of games here. So are we running out of steam a little bit? But the fact that we're able to go against Fulham, who, of course, they're they're missing Mitrovic, uh, William didn't play. Of course, he pulled out uh, just before kickoff. Um, I think they had another key injury um, shortly after two in the game that I it's slipping my mind as I'm thinking about it now. But all in all, Fulham have had one hell of a season. They're probably realistically going to finish in the top 10. And from being a newly promoted side, that's massive for them. I'm, I think Europe was still a little bit too far. But the fact that we were able to limit them to one shot and suffocate them in the way that we did at times, they didn't have one shot on target the whole time, just one shot attempt. I think that says a lot that the fact that, you know what, we don't have to be absolutely brilliant in attack every single game, but we can be absolutely assured at the back and keep things nice, calm, cool, and collected. And we can kind of rely on different aspects of the game to grind out a win. I, I think that's the biggest kind of, for me at least, Tom, I would say the biggest kind of example of growth. And I, I mean, definitely in the behind closed door season, when we look at Dean Smith's success, where we finished mid table, I mean, the big thing there was keeping clean sheets. Yes, we scored some goals, but I always felt like it was always going to, especially under Dean Smith, it, it was always going to be a little bit too much of one or the other, if that made sense. There wasn't really that enough, that cohesion to be enough goals and enough clean sheets to kind of keep up that consistency. But we're seeing that now under Unai Emery. So when you kind of look at this run in in particular, and I know we haven't really brushed on the Fulham game, but let's be honest, it's so far in the past now, probably in Villa fans' minds. So we'll just kind of brush through it as quickly as we can. When we look ahead to United, I mean, we have to go in with full confidence, don't we? I think so. Like the thing, the thing that is so pleasing, and it's like so basic when you, when you say it this way, but, Villa are very good at the moment at doing two basic things that we haven't been good at far too often in the last 10 years. Scoring goals, keeping them out. And so if you can, I know it's not going to 
it's going to change, I think, over the five game running because of the quality of opposition we're playing. There are going to be there are going to be times where we are definitely going to need to score at least twice to win a game in the running, definitely. But the Fulham game is a good example. Like Fulham didn't play very well. I didn't think we played very well. We went one nil up, and there was genuinely not a shred of doubt in my mind after Tyrone Mings headed that ball into the net that we were going to go on to win that game. Because save for that awkward period with the Arsenal game and the and the Leicester game a couple of uh, a couple of months ago, whatever. Which again, I keep saying this. I put that down to genuinely. I put that down to teething problems with playing out from the back and what Emery's asking us to do. Apart from that blip, when Villa go ahead, we win the game pretty much these days. That's going to be obviously it's going to be tough to keep that going against the likes of United, but. If we take the lead against Man United at the weekend, if I had the, the 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 balls on me to bet on Villa, which I do not, I know where my money would be going, and it would be going on Villa closing out that win and winning the game if we go ahead. Because I just obviously you can concede goals, mistakes can happen, or like fantastic opposition goals can happen, or you know that. But like the level of organization that Villa have in defence is something I can't remember. Genuinely, I can't remember seeing. I guess last time I can really remember this level of defensive organization was when we had Martin Larson leading the leading the line and at the back. I just don't really ever feel like we're in danger of um, throwing games away the way that we used to. And obviously, as scarred as a Villa fan, and there have been those recent examples, Leicester and Arsenal or whatever. But it's just the level of wholesale change is remarkable. And it's that foundation, isn't it? Like when you when you have that level of defensive solidity and organization, you have the bet the one of the best goalkeeper in the world behind you whenever anything does slip through. And you have the ability going forward from midfield and in a in red hot striker to to score goals in every game. How can you not be confident against any opponent? Like if we played I would be afraid to play I'd be afraid to play City. If we were playing City at the weekend, I would be afraid to play them. Well, maybe not afraid, but I would be expecting to lose. I don't know if I can honestly say that I'm expecting Villa to lose any of our remaining games. I'm anticipating that we might lose. But too, so so many times over the years as a Villa fan, you've gone into a game and you're like, I'm hoping that we you know, put in a good showing. Hopefully we can get a goal. Hopefully we can really test them. Now it's going into every game and it's like, hopefully we play to our best because if we play to our best, then we might well win. And that still, that level of turnaround still, Simon used the word incredible earlier. I would genuinely say, looking at the stats of Villa's run, it's even more than incredible. It's scarcely believable where Villa are at now compared to a few months ago. Um, so, and the Fulham game is, yeah, the Fulham game is a good example. Nothing in it. You and I taught Bre- Cole after the Brentford game. If you can't, if you play poorly and you can't win games, don't lose them. If you play poorly and you can win games, even better, you know. No, 100%. And I think, Simon, you'll probably agree with this as well. I mean, one of Villa's biggest downfalls for as long as I can remember is once we've conceded and we've fallen behind, it's kind of recapturing any form. And I can always think of, I think it was, actually, no, I can't remember who it was against. I don't know if it was, maybe it was the Southampton game. Was it 4-3 or something, that wild game we had a a couple seasons back where we were, what, like 4-1 down or whatever it was got it all the way back to four, three. And 
I mean, we're in the ascendancy, but it was, again, too little too late. There just wasn't enough time left on the clock to to keep ticking per se. But, I mean, of this team with Unai Emery and everything going on, you basically, and nothing's guaranteed, of course. There's going to come a time where we don't score on a game. But at time of recording, as things stand, you would have to say we go into every game confidently, knowing at least we're going to score a goal the way we're playing. And considering, you know what, we fell behind against Brentford and we snatched a point in the eyes of many, including myself, that characteristic is something that you can build upon. And if anything, it makes you even more of a dangerous team, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that Brentford game is a perfect example. I mean, I was, I was like out and about on, on Saturday on the weekends. And when we went 1-0 down, I I kind of just had a feeling that we'll, we're going to score. So as long as we don't concede another one, we'll get a point out of this. Because like you say, you, you just, there will come a time when we don't score. I mean, I, just, I can't, I mean, I'm, this is probably going to jinx us, but I just can't see that happening anytime soon, the, the way we're playing. And um, you know, then obviously with that defensive solidity that we've got alongside it, it's obviously... You know, that sounds very basic and simple to say, but it's how you get wins, isn't it? You know, is is where you get the points from. You've got you've got that good defensive base, and you know that goals are coming. It's brilliant, and it, and it's it's so rare that we fall behind in game. That Brentford game, I assume, was the first time that since the Man City game that we actually conceded the first goal in the match. Because even Leicester and Arsenal, we took the lead in both of those games. Just to you know. Uh, mistakes and sort of bad fortune against Arsenal with their third goal. That's that's where those games you know, cost us. So, I mean, just the way things are going at the moment, you, you like Tom said, you'd fancy us to beat anyone. I, part of me still thinks that just statistically, surely we're, we're going to have to lose one of these five games because if we don't, then that would mean we've gone 15 games and beaten in the Premier League, which... Oh, come on, Simon, that, we can do it. Come on. Well, you know, well the thing <laughs> is, like as as Tom point, pointed out uh, you know, just a minute ago, it's scarcely believable what's going on. And so, I mean, who knows? <laughs> there's, there's every chance... I. I I don't think we will just purely from a mathematical, statistical point of view. Surely at some stage we are going to lose a football match. But I genuinely, at the moment, cannot see where that's going to come from. Like, don't get me wrong, Man U obviously a good team and they're going to finish more than likely in the top four this season. But I looked at their game against Brighton on the weekend in the FA Cup and they were fucking lucky to have got through to that final. Brighton with a much better team in that game, had the much better chances. Just for the fact that it's sort of typical Brighton of old, play great football, but but don't sit the ball in the back of the net. So you sort of, I'm going to Old Trafford on on Sunday, and I never thought I'd say this as a Villa fan before game away to Manchester United, but I think we'll get a result there. And I've I've been watching Villa for a long, long time, and every time we play Man U away. I think your default position is we're going to lose that because we always lose at Old Trafford. And we may well do because, you know, as I say, eventually you think you know, something, we are going to lose a game. But I honestly, I really fancy to go and get a result down the weekend because we're just playing so well. I think it's more, honestly, I think it's more likely that, I think it's more likely that United don't score against us than it is that we don't score against United. The way that we're yeah. playing, the United, okay, like they get results, but I agree. I didn't like 
can't really remember. I suppose there's been a couple of games, but it's quite rare that I've watched United and I've been like, oh, they're a, they're a side to be feared. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, so I agree. And like the, to Simon's point as well, like I, I, I agree. I can't, I don't believe we're going to win all five remaining games. I don't believe that we're going to go unbeaten in all five remaining games. But the only reason I don't believe it is because I sort of can't believe it. Do you know what I mean? It's nothing to do with what I'm seeing in front of me. It's that, as to Simon's point, like we'd have gone 15 games unbeaten to finish a Premier League season and got into Europe. And I just can't. Um, that seems too ridiculous for Villa. It, for it's, every- like, uh, it's like it's like watching like a, a like Davy Blaine or Darren Brown. You're like, I can't can't understand how it's like, I, I just I can't imagine that this is real, but yeah. it seems real. <laughs> and it's like, but like, and I'm saying that now, I can't. So like. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if this weekend is the game where we fall because it's got to happen at some point. Been saying that for about six weeks, actually, and we keep going. So, at what point do you just embrace it and never? We should never have the expectation to win. I don't think, like, if we don't win, we get on people's backs or whatever. whatever. But God, like, if if you don't have the belief that Villa can win against these teams by this point, I'm sorry, but you're never going to have that belief that you can beat these teams. So I think I don't think you'll be alone at all, Sai, and going to like going to Old Trafford, believing fully, believing that we can come out of there with the win. Um, and again, it's just scarcely believable. I don't know how else to put it, really. And I agree completely that the run we're on at the moment is more um, remarkable than the championship run because you've got to adjust for quality, but you've also got to adjust for where we were six months ago. You know, so. Just bring it on. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Would it would it be the most Villa thing to go 15 games undefeated and then crash out in the Europa League group stages with like the worst record possible next season? Oh, if we draw... If we draw rapid Vienna, it's all over. We're not, not doing this. Not doing this again. <laughs> Look, if I, I, I really don't care if, if we if that happened because at least would have been in them. And honestly, who at the start of November, who would have thought that? It's such a hilarious Villa trait, though, to like look <laughs> ahead. Where's the Where's the next point that this can go wrong? <laughs> like, yeah, ingrained within us for years. Where Where does Andre Green? This has nothing to do with what I really. Well, it does, but. Where does Andre Green play now? Because he, does, wasn't he playing in the Conference League? I think I've got a feeling it's in like Slovakia, or it's it definitely some Eastern European country. I think. I think it was. I think it was someone like Slovan Bratislava or some somebody like that. 
Um, I love. I've got my little bingo sheet next to me here of which which random player from Villa's recent past is Cole going to mention on this podcast. <laughs> Andre Green this week, folks. Get your predictions well, in. The the only reason I mentioned that because would it not be fitting? As I just said humorously, we go fifteen undefeated and then crash out in like the Europa League or the Conference League, and it'd be a ex Villa player to put us out or something like that. That's the only reason I mentioned him. I don't know. Who else is still kicking around there? I don't know if Hellenius is still doing a job somewhere. Tonev is, I don't know, in Mars or something. I don't know. Who knows these days? But uh, regardless of that, let's move on to the three-word reviews. And I'm going to change this up. I did ask for three-word reviews for post-Fulham, but I feel like most of these, to be honest, you could probably just apply to the way Villa have been playing as of late or really since Unai Emery has been in charge so i guess a little bit of a heads up to both simon and tom get your three word i guess if you want to do it on fulham the review on fulham go ahead if you want to do it on villa in general i'll I'll give it the option a little bit more uh tactical flexibility and notes just like lord unai himself um so of course you can tweet us at 7500 to hold over on twitter usually the tweet goes out five to 15 minutes after the final whistle it's always a a good read and uh, it's good to see some of you guys actively getting involved every single match week and uh, engaging with one another as well. It's a nice little community, I think, that uh, we're building, or at least I'd like to say we're building. So let's start with, um, let's see here, uh, Dan Woodwood, Louise Ballon d'Or, um, Trace says, wow, wow, wow. Uh, John Antsy, just find a way. Um, I'm going to give him that one because he put find a together sure whatever we're amazing so i'm just gonna absolutely let a lot of these go for now um john rhodes good game management um let's go to joshua Feynman. we are fifth um let's see here uh bono saying uh control own destiny steve says unai's master plan uh steven l Wright, squeaky bum times linda pallet mings is magic brent aston we won again uh, let's go to Connor uh, Mulrennan. So I'm a, sorry, Connor, if I absolutely butchered that, but I'm trying my best. Uh, dull, lethargic result. Uh, that's referencing the Fulham game, not Villa in general. Um, let's go to uh, Deborah Stevens. Absolutely bloody marvelous. And let's do uh, three more here. Uh, Kevin D. Smith, Super Unai Emery. Uh, Chez1321 says grinding out results. And let's scroll all the way down and see if we can find the best way to finish this one. Um, Let's see here. Iron Sheffield. We've already mentioned this, but uh, it's a good one to uh, mention. Fifth place baby is probably a good way. Here's here's a humorous one I'm just seeing in the corner of my eye. Rob says, bring back Gerard. Obviously, he's joking. Um, I think he would probably be... Um, locked inside of his house with pitchforks around it if uh, Villa fans actually knew that was a serious uh, comment but uh, regardless of that um, sorry Rob if I've kind of got you cancelled on that one but regardless of that Tom let's throw it to you I want your three word review on the match or on Villa in general please I'm going to go for both the match and Villa in general I think I'm going to go Brave. for will, will to win because I think that's what sums up Villa so much at the moment. Like Fulham was a good example. Like so many times over the years, we would not only have not won that, but lost it. So many times over the years, there have been so many games in the last 10 game unbeaten run that we would have lost. This Villa team has a will to win. 
that's what top class managers and top class training and adjusting your mentality does for you, I think. Agreed. Simon, how about you? Well, before I get mine on, on that that last one of uh bring back Gerard, I don't know if any of you've seen the clip of Steve Sidwell. Uh was oh, my goodness, the, yeah, on, I did. He's doing the uh Punditry on BT Sport. Oh yeah. And, and saying how uh tactically he's, he's pretty much the same as what Stevie was doing there. It's like fucking hell, man. What, what a fucking embarrassment. Like, like that's is he he's either really good friends with Steve and Gerard, none of us knew that them two were, you know, had a bromance going on, or he's clearly just not watched Aston Villa at all this season because yeah, that that, that was outrageous. But yeah, just you bring uh, that uh, bring back Jared Common just just reminds me of that. But um, my my one would be kind of yeah for the Fulham and sort of the Villa in general. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Just keep on going. Fair enough. And and to kind of mention Steve Sidwell as well. I think on that same panel was Peter Crouch, who actually spoke well um, in terms of Villa. And Joe Cole just came off as an absolute moron to me. But anyways, because apparently. <laughs> um, on on his perspective, Liverpool are just too good for everybody, even though they're having a very poor season to their recent standards. I mean, the, uh, the only thing no I, what I would what I'd say in, in Joe Cole's defense in terms of the Liverpool thing is just purely looking at yeah, looking at the runnings for like us, Tottenham, Liverpool, and Brighton. Liverpool do have the most favorable running on paper. I think their hardest game of the season probably is actually going to be against us. Uh, Anfield. If you look at they, they have got a fairly nice running of games that you know. If you if you could handpick fixtures, most of them would be the ones that they got. Because I think most of them are against teams that you've got nothing to play for, or like I think they've got um, they've got like one of the teams on the bottom at home coming up as well. Like they, they've they've got like a, a decent running. So I can understand where Joe Cole's coming from on that one. But um, yeah, Sidwell. Mate, you've had a mare. Uh, I, I just think bin them both. And to be honest, this has nothing to do with Villa, but I, I was honestly, I had to turn it off, but I was watching the Arsenal City game and I think I started it on BN Sports. I don't know where they get their commentary team, but Jesus Christ, I've never seen, I've never seen highlights. And every time someone like, I don't know, it could be, I think they were highlighting Saka's goal contributions this season. And literally every time someone would go, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> is that what they do in like substandard commentary on like the crappier channels over there? Is that a thing? Uh, I have to know. So, I mean, so that being sports, so when I was obviously I was in Casa for the World Cup, that's you know, that that's the channel over there. And I mean, you've got Andy Gray and Richard Keys who we were presenting, and they were absolutely horrific. And all the, the, the pundits and everything, like, yeah, the, the quality of, um, presenters and pundits and commentators being sports honestly it, it, it would make you long for Danny Murphy and Martin Keown that's that's how bad it is oh, maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe shudder when you said uh, Danny Murphy's name Villa are going to make him explode poor man Jesus oh, man. <laughs> the, 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 the Sitwell thing I think it comes, it comes back as well to the point we were saying before you said you don't know whether it's that there's a, he's a, he's a Gerard Lovin going on there or whether it's he's just that he hasn't watched Villa, and I think obviously there's a bit of that. There's a bit of that with Gerard. You see it with Lampard as well. Like you've seen Lampard's lost five on the spin or whatever. I saw some some stat. He's got like one win or something from his last eighteen or something. Gate like 
Premier League games as manager and you don't really hear the criticism of him because, you know, he's like a darling, isn't he, of kind of English mm. football. But I think the more salient point is like Steve Sidwell, I'd bet you, you know, I'd bet you a bottom dollar that Steve Sidwell hasn't sat through and watched a Villa watched a Villa game this year. And I guess like, why, why should he? Do you know what I mean? But also if you don't, if you haven't watched us, don't make, try and make tactical comparisons or like try and make deep analysis of, of what we're doing. And it comes back to that point. It's not that I want Villa to have that media recognition necessarily, because that itself is a double-edged sword, but like that defensive record, three goals in 10 games. Can you imagine like if that was Liverpool's defensive record right yeah. now? Wouldn't hear the end of it at all. And it, it's that thing. I think it's that nobody we've been written off. And because we've had, because we've struggled so much over the years, we get laughed at in a way for calling ourselves like a sleeping giant or like knowing we have that potential to unlock. Um, but over the next few weeks, I think non Villa fans are going to have to start facing facts really that, uh, whether or not we get fifth, sixth, seventh, like wherever it is, I'm pretty sure it's going to be in that range. Um, wherever we land in that, in that run, Villa are back really. And it's just a fantastic feeling. And it's not necessarily that I want to stick it to people, you know, but you kind of do, don't you? Like there is that kind of part of it. You kind of do want to stick it to people who have been writing us off for so long. No, hundred um, percent. And just kind of get back to the three word reviews. Um, mine <laughs> is uh, Lech Poznan away. Um, that's all I'm going to say <laughs> for next season. Uh, we'll, we'll see if that does happen. To be honest, I was thinking of something else in terms of 15 games in a row or something about, um, I, I was going to say like sexy Unai ball or something like that. But the last time I said sexy on this podcast, they said I was getting a little too excited and banished me away. So I, I figured I would leave that one out. But um, in regards to that, Simon, I'll, I'll come to you. I mean, we'll wrap things up shortly because I did want to keep this one relatively brief in terms of what we do on the whole cast, which is brief turns into forever. But regardless of that, We've discussed United, of course, and then we've we looked at the run-in. But when you're looking at really, I, I guess, the season as a whole and where Villa might finish, and I do want a prediction from you by the end of, I guess, your answer that you'll give here very shortly. But, I mean, yes, it's been one hell of a ride. I think you would agree on that. But And we never expected it. But at this point in time, would you be frustrated if we finished eighth right now? Or, you know what, would you just kind of say, you know, it's been one hell of a journey. We've come so far. We can finally even build further. We have the right man at the helm and we can really go from there. I think if you'd have, if you'd have asked me that question this time last week, I think I'd have said no. Um and there's part of me that still wouldn't be frustrated because you couldn't be angry. If we finish eighth, I, I, you will get some Villa fans that, that will be annoyed. I don't think you should be because I don't think it can be understated just what a perilous position we're in. Like the the if we if we finish eighth, you'd say every come took over and we were seventeenth, two points off the bottom of the table, and we finished eighth. Like. That is brilliant. I just, I kind of, I think, I think the position that we're in now, you look at the form of some of the other teams around us and the the runnings that all the, the teams around us have. I don't, I don't know what the because I don't, I wouldn't say frustrated. 
I don't know, like I, I don't I think annoyed is probably too strong, but there would be I don't know, maybe a feeling of a missed opportunity if he finished eighth or something, but but you'd still be thinking I'd, I'd still have massive excitement going into next season because you'd be going, well, look what he's done in five months. Like, what's he going to do with a whole pre-season and, you know, uh, another transfer window and stuff. So, yeah, there'd be maybe mixed feelings, but overall, like, still be absolutely delighted with the season. But I personally think that it's kind of an, an irrelevant subject because I don't think we're going to finish eight. Where are we finishing? I think we're going to finish sixth. I'll tell you my reason for that is I think out of the... So you've got us, Tottenham, Liverpool and Brighton are four teams looking for those three European spots. I think Tottenham are going to finish eighth. I, I honestly, I don't know, which sounds like a crazy thing to say when you look at, you know, they've got... You look at the, the forward line players they've got, but they are just in such a mess right now. They've, and, you know, they've got Man United to, tomorrow night, Liverpool away on the weekends, and then they've got us in a couple of weeks. They've got to come to Villa Park in a few weeks. I see them just falling off a cliff. Off a cliff. Like, they, they're just such a mess. I think Liverpool will take fifth, just for the reasons that I said earlier, that just the, the running they've got is quite... Is, probably the more favourable run-in, which, you know, didn't necessarily guarantee results. But also, as much of a mess of a season they've kind of had and the obviously obvious deficiencies they've got in certain areas of the pitch, they're capable of going and winning every single game and, like, winning every single game quite comfortably because they have got such good quality in that front. You know, for, for all, as funny as it's been with them this season at times, you look at that squad of players and it's still a, an excellent squad of footballers that should be finishing in the top four, really. So that's how, yeah, I, I see Liverpool fifth or sixth, Brighton seventh, Tottenham eighth. That's, that's saying that now, that's how I think the table's going to finish. You've got me, Giddy. I might have to wor- use the word sexy again, Simon. Watch out. But uh, <laughs> in regards to that, Tom, I'll phrase it differently for you. We- we've kind of had this discussion last night, but I mean, of course, no one heard it because it was just us. But I'll add a little bit more to it. If you would have told me at the start of the season or preseason when we we're scoring one goal a game in Australia and thought everything's going to be all all right and we're still going to be absolutely amazing under Steven Gerrard. If we have the potential, and I'll use the word potential because who knows what happens from here on out, to finish above, well, we will finish above Chelsea at this point, of course, they're in free fall, Spurs, and potentially, and I'm going to say massively potentially, Liverpool. What would you have said to me? I'd have probably called you a lunatic, I reckon. (laughs) <laughs> is that the only thing um i <laughs> no comment no comment yeah <laughs> um but it's the thing like simon's kind of taken a lot of the words out of my mouth because the, the the i, I distinctly remember saying last summer i think we were doing i can't remember if it was on a podcast or maybe it was on the spaces but we were talking about in like early august time i think we were talking about um potential ceiling obviously when we still had gerard and we didn't quite know We'd finished because we finished last season pretty strongly. It's quite easy to forget. Like we we were on a bit of an upswing, I think. And then obviously we didn't know the mess that was going to unfold. Uh, I remember saying that I thought, like, if I'm being optimistic, I think our potential, like our ceiling, is eighth. But I think we'll finish 
like I was trying to be hopeful. I was like, I think optimistically we 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 can we can probably finish between eighth and tenth. Um, that was before the fucking mess until October. You know, before we had nine points from the first eleven games or whatever. If you'd have asked me when Emery came in, uh, what are your like wildest dreams? Like, what are your if everything goes as well as you realistically think it can, where do you think we'll finish? I'd have said I'd love to have been tenth. I'd love to be on the top. I'd love to be on the to your point, Cole, the first your sort of first page or top half of the Premier League table. Just want to get back in the top half again because we can't believe we didn't get it under Smith that year. We got like fifty something points. That was a such a strange year because any other year that gets you a lot higher than eleventh or whatever. Um, so for us to now say that like. Lowest I think we can possibly finish really is eighth. Lowest I think we will finish is seventh. And where I I I gotta agree with Simon, honestly. I was I was it feels weird to say it. I think we'll barring some kind of collapse, not only in results, because results can go the other way, but like if we were to collapse badly now, it would be really surprising because all of the good you'd feel it's probably that all of the good work that we've done has, has come unstuck somewhere suddenly along the way um so to say now that to you that i think we can and may well finish sixth this year is um beyond my wildest expectations by a long way but i i, I kind of agree with simon i, I think Liverpool will get fifth i do um i'm not i think it might be i have very little faith now left in brighton to to climb up the table like if you'd have i'd have been a lot less confident about saying villa finishing sixth had brighton not lost at forest um in midweek i can't see a world honestly i've got a table in front of me where spurs have a game in hand okay but it's united tomorrow we have 54 points spurs have 53 i'm really struggling to see a world in which spurs get more points than us before the end of the season i really am and that itself is a crazy thing to say Brighton, I think, are going to find it very, very difficult, the amount of games they've got left, the uh, the opponents they're playing. Um, I think they're out of gas. They had a nice FA Cup run, but I think it's it's going to have cost them, to be honest, by the end of this season. It's great for us. Um, so if I was, you know, if I was, again, if I was betting, I would, I would say Villa sixth, which is, you know, nuts. Because, like, to say that, you know, I thought realistically even top half would have been a hell of an achievement by at the point that we sacked Gerard. Um gonna use that term again, scarcely believable. Isn't it mental to think we were stuck in eleventh for what felt like three years? <laughs> yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. I thought we'd never get out, you know. <laughs> it's like eleventh was our purgatory for a while. I mean, um, I mean the, the crazy thing it like we've obviously beaten Fulham on on uh, on Tuesday night and like we, we, me and my brother, uh, we were walking back to the pub after the game. We were chatting, and like my brother just turned to me and went, "Guys, a bit different from the last time we played Fulham, isn't it?" And it's like, you know that that, that game at Craven Cottage, when you know, I mean, I think we were all just so fed up and furious at that stage, and yeah. like genuinely feared the worst. Like I honestly thought the. You know, if, if things carry on like this, there, there's, there's no doubt in my mind, genuinely, has Gerard for some stupid reason, been kept in charge for the whole season? I honestly think we'd probably already be down by now. I, I genuinely do think that because yeah. it was so toxic and it was just so bad. And yeah, you sort of compare and contrast 
where we are on the table and the mood of everything around the club from the game at Craven Cottage to the game at Villa Park and Tuesday, it's, it's, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. And it's a shame that Amazon haven't been at Villa Park with their cameras this season for the All or Nothing documentary. Oh, yeah. That, that would have been the one. best one. Yeah. That, um, sorry, go on. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say that Fulham game, it occurred to me as well, right? Because I, 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 I would, I would go as far as to say that that Fulham game, given the toxicity that was around the club and, and we all had the same worry, I think that we were in free fall. There's no, there might be no turning this around. You know, we might be like really struggling to get above sort of 16th, 17th at most. I would honestly say that Fulham defeat back in, you know, when Gerard's last game was our lowest point since relegation. I think that was low, honestly because of the toxic nature of it. I think that was lower than when we were like losing to lower, lower half championship teams, because by then, I think part of it is that by then a lot of us had kind of, to be quite frank, given up hope in the championship before before the second half of the promotion season. Certainly before Smith came in, I think a lot of us had given up given given up hope really of seeing Villa back even as a competitive Premier League team for a lot for for a pretty long time. Whereas the Fulham defeat with Gerrard, you know, this was supposed to be the the season of progress. You know, this was supposed to be the new dawn and everything. And you know, we've got there in the end. And thank God that the way the way it's transpired is how it's transpired because all we've done is raise our ceiling above what it was. Um, but to think that that point was only six months ago or whatever it is, um, I think should really put everything in perspective. You know, the race for Europe is fun, but if you fall short, you fall short, don't you? You know, um, it, it, it's all about it's all about step-by-step progress, I think. It's funny, the, the, our last two defeats to Fulham have resulted in the change of ownership at the top of the club and the change <laughs> of manager. So oh, if we yeah, lose to Fulham next season, I can't wait to see what happens after that. <laughs> we'll win the league at this rate. Yeah. Jesus Christ, we'll go undefeated. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it is crazy. It's We've literally went from basically uh Nassef basically wanting to swanton bomb Perslow off the top rope after Fulham for deciding to bring his best buddy to Villa Park and another WWE reference probably like I don't know Batista bomb Jared into a trash bin to literally I don't know like there's it's almost hard to explain the run we went on in the championship and to explain this one and although that one was undeniably brilliant and the unity was amazing and maybe for some that'll never be topped but at the moment for me this is of course that led to promotion and all that kind of stuff but this honestly might top it the way that this season's turning out to finish and you know what long may it continue and to be bold i'm looking at liverpool's um, schedule right now so I'm going to make this argument and I don't care if I'm talking with my heart more than my head right now I'm going to say we're finishing fifth screw you both I don't care uh, we're, we're doing it we're just going to do the thing when you look at Liverpool of course Spurs are in a little bit of a free fall they have a game in hand against United on Thursday when everyone's listening to this so who knows what's going to happen you'd probably assume United will win that so fourth Obviously, it's probably too far for us at this point, especially when the United still have a couple games in hand. Um, so Liverpool what, have Spurs on Sunday. They then host uh, Fulham on the following Wednesday. 
Uh, then they host Brentford. Brentford are still playing for a little bit of something you would say to finish a little bit higher up. They then go to Leicester. I mean, who knows three games left in the season where Leicester are, where they pull off a couple wins and be safe. Will Dino, um, I don't know, do some more magic for us and send us on our way a little bit more for some optimism, of course. And it's crazy to say, but May 20th could decide fifth. I mean, if, if things go the way we hope they do um, when Villa actually play Liverpool and they have Southampton on the final day. I mean, Southampton, as of time of recording, look dead and buried, but this is the Premier League. This season's been nuts. I mean, it's probably been one of the most mental ones that I can think of um, that I've ever really consumed. So who knows at the end of the day, maybe we do finish eighth somehow and I'm top talking out of my ass. Maybe we finish fifth. Maybe we win the next five games and we would finish on, what would we finish on? Would it be 69 points? I believe so. Um, so, and that wasn't a sexual reference. I'm just putting that out there as well because I did say sexy earlier. Because I, I saw That's Tom an accidental getting... call, that is. Accidental yeah. call. Well, it's a good thing um, that Seb's not around because this would be above his age, this chat. But uh, regardless of that... I don't know. I, I'm just going to say fifth. I'm going to be the absolute optimist, not to say that you guys aren't, because I mean, sixth is nuts considering where we were, but we'll have to wait and see. And at the end of the day, if it happens, it's amazing. Enjoy the ride. And um, I don't know, Holtcast Live in Poland or wherever we are next year. I don't know. I just, it, it has to happen if that's the case. I, I don't care. Um, I'm getting too giddy. So I, maybe this is a good place to leave that but simon tom if you guys don't have anything else i think we can uh wrap this one up i'm getting the head shakes of nope so that means we probably went for more than longer than we originally said but uh all in all thank you all for listening to another edition of the Holtcast. of course if you're listening on spotify apple Podcasts, Acast, wherever you get your podcast leave a review a star whatever a comment um it just makes it easier for others to find us we always appreciate the support and uh yeah it means you absolutely love unai emery and the villa so at least we'll know that there's more of you out there um, especially for apple podcasts where the ratings you see them for your region and now we have more ratings in my region so i know there's more villa fans so please find me because i'm literally like on the lonely island here and tom's four hours away uh but regardless of that in my loneliness we'll, we'll leave it at that and of course like i said before thank you very much of course you can find simon on twitter at Cy O'Regan. You can, of course, tweet Tom at TD Nightingale. Find me on Twitter at Talk Aston Villa. Tweet the team at 7500 to Holt. Email the podcast, Holtcast at gmail.com. And of course, check out the website, www.7500toholt.com. We'll leave it there. And hopefully, we should be back right after um, the United game with hopefully another three points. What we'll have to wait and see. Um, but all I can say and leave and really hope and pray with another three points. I don't know what I'm saying, but yeah, bye. Up the villa. Up the villa.